0: recording. Awesome. So I feel kind of embarrassed now. Why is that? To talk about poop.
1: All right I'll break the ice. You know how satisfying it is to get a really good let's just like a good bowel movement in. It's the best. Feeling it's the, on the best planet. feeling on the planet. <laughs> I mean I'm gonna rank right up there with like the most amazing orgasm you've ever had.
0: It's right there up there. It's,
1: up, it's right up there. Yeah. And so poop is really important. It's right down there. right down there (laughs) poop is important
0: but the thing is so like i grew up in a trailer no running water no electricity we had a porta potty in the yard and me and my brothers both being very young at the time all have and we lived there for four years in that before the house was built so four years pooping in a porta potty Actually, that's not true because I think about two years in, we got running water to the trailer and then we could flush the toilet inside the trailer. So I lie. But it was a couple of years with a porta potty. Mm-hmm. We would fight when the guy would come to clean the porta potty. We would fight over it mm-hmm. because we all wanted to be the first one to get to use the porta potty while it was fresh. So anyway, we are fucked up, me and my brothers, from this. And we are very particular about where we poop. And how we poop and who is around when we poop. But you would know nothing about that.
1: I know absolutely nothing about that whatsoever.
0: Because you haven't been kicked out of hotel rooms and places so I could poop.
1: Never. Not once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's funny is that we all know the best places to poop. Like Taco Bell, as example.
1: You have no choice when you're at Taco Bell. Well, this is a true story. You're gonna poop no ta- matter no, what.
0: Taco Bell bathrooms have a custom private bathroom all to themselves. They do not have like a stall. Really? Yeah. That is a that is a gold mine if you are poop shy. To have a bathroom that the door shuts and no one can come in, but it's not like the only one in the whole restaurant where everyone's standing outside waiting and then they're they're looking at you when you walk out. It's perfect.
1: Right. So they're not looking at you like, did you light a match?
0: Was that you in there? <laughs> but so the thing about poop is though, I get really grumpy if I have not had a good poop.
1: Well, you know, if you don't have a good poop, I mean our digestive tract I mean, it's the super highway of our our body. Yeah. You know? Um
0: Well, and even more than that, you know, you think about leaky gut, you think about the microbiome. I mean, there's a lot of intricate, delicate balance happening in our intestinal tract as far as digestion goes and stuff. And, you know, I took this, um, I took this workshop by Dr. Zach Bush on glyphosate and how, You know, how the grave impacts that it has because they spray it on our food and then it goes into our digestion. You know, we eat it essentially on our fruits and vegetables and things. And so anyways, he talks a lot about the microbiome and how when you're born as an infant, you have like the most incredible gut health ever, obviously, because you only had pretty much what your mother's been eating, but filtered and all that, assuming your mother's being decent, right? Like not being a meth right. addict or something. right? Um, But even more than that, like talking about the ways in which our, um, if our, if our delicate microbiome is not functioning as it is intended to, and we've removed so much of the things that we used to eat from like our fruits and vegetables used to have dirt on them. And yeah. we would eat the dirt, which had worm casings, which is worm poop. Dirt is good. Dirt is good. And that contributed to, you know, poop is a good thing, like other, like fat so, guano and worm speaking casings. Speaking of
1: worm casings, you know, there's an old saying <clears throat> that, you know, you need to eat a peck of dirt before you die.
0: A peck of dirt? What's a peck? Is this like a Peter Piper picked? to a like
1: peck a is like I don't know a quarter of a bushel or something. Yeah. It's like
0: so, yeah, what's what is what, It's ha, a fair amount of dirt. But you know what's funny? That's a lot of dirt, like a mound of dirt. It's a mound of dirt before you die. Oh, good lord! And so
1: the dirt that you eat, yeah, it's got worm cases in it, it's got bacteria it's got in it, all the things you need. But I'm not, I'm not saying go out and like eat dirt by the spoonful, or eat mud pies. But you know, we live in a super, sterile, sterile a sterile environment. Yeah. You know, where if stuff isn't perfectly clean, we don't eat it. And you know, the the people around us, the people that we learn stuff from have fucked up our heads that if it's got some dirt on it, it's no good, you can't eat it.
0: Well, this brings me to the whole I'll get we'll get back to dirt and poop. But also the fact that our local food co op, which is farmer to hand, right? Mm -hmm. Like the farmer killed the turkey, and we're cooking it right now. As a matter of fact, you're gonna do that. You're gonna mess up the audio.
1: I'm gonna. I'm eating cheese. Would you like to buy the cheese? Yes,
0: I love the cheese. Um. Anyway, so (laughs)
1: it helps you poop
0: good. Does it though? I feel like cheese constipates you. I eat a lot of cheese. I love cheese and crackers. My favorite meal.
1: No do you have trouble pooping?
0: Yeah, probably because I eat a lot of carbs and cheese.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Anyways. Turkeys. The, well, yeah. So the local shut down for a minute, the local co-op, because the government says you can't do this. Buttholes. So I went to the Save Mart, right, to buy my butter because I need a butter. And I always get my butter from the local, which is like literally the cow just, you know, produced it. Anyway, I go in there. First thing I see is Fruity Pebbles and Coca-Cola to the ceiling. Right, And it's like, oh, okay, the government allows us to eat that. We can eat Fruity Pebbles and drink Coca-Cola, but we can't go to our local... I mean, it's so fucked up. It is so backwards what they are doing. You can't go to your doing. local
1: farm stand.
0: No, no, you cannot. They don't want you to do that. They don't want you to grow your mm. own food. I recently read an article, and I'll link it in here, where they want... The government now wants to track if you have a garden.
1: They literally me? have
0: a website for it. No, it's a whole thing. And you are supposed to report if you are growing food.
1: Fuck those guys. Fuck
0: those guys. Fuck the fucking <clears throat> fuckers. So anyway, we can get back to that government system. But but I watched this really great movie. And I'm forgetting what it's called. But Dr. Zach Bush was in it. And so was uh, Woody Harrelson. He's He's like surprisingly like you would think you think all the Hollywood celebs are just done. But he's not. Right. He's savvy. It was called, oh gosh, what was it called? I forget. I'll find it link it in the podcast. But basically, it talked about the fact that the glyphosate, among other things, has literally removed all of the nutrients from the soil. It's literally dead soil, which is why when you get a tomato from the grocery store, it tastes like shit. Right. tastes like nothing. But if you grow a tomato at home, it's amazing. Right. And um, I used to have a really... A pretty big garden. I mean, you know, and I would put oyster shells and kelp, and I would put, um, and I used di- di- a earth to like kill the earwigs. I mean, I was all about it. I wasn't like hippie pot, you know, grower status, but mm-hmm.
1: close. You know, it used to do, I remember this doing this as kids. And so my family's got a house on the ocean, um, and you know, on. You know, one side of the peninsula that the beach house was on was, you know, like the bay. On the other side was a cove and all kinds of stuff would wash up into this cove. Yes. And so we'd go down there and this is probably one of the reasons why my dad's truck rusted out. But (laughs) we literally go down there with pitchforks. We'd drive onto the beach and, you know, the, the seaweed and stuff would wash in. Yes. And we would load that truck in you know, a great big rounded mound of seaweed. Put it, and it all. in
0: a compost pile.
1: And we would take it home. We'd shovel out of the back truck into the garden and till it in. <gasps> and we so did good. that. We did that, like, every summer. Like, we'd do that, like, every time we went to the beach house we'd get a load of seaweed.
0: Oh my gosh. It was
1: there by the ton. I'm
0: going to bring, I'm going to tie in the dirt and poop right now. Okay. Like as if we haven't already, but I have a guest coming on the podcast, actually recorded the episode and the audio is terrible. So we're doing it again. Um, And he is like one of the founders of basically uh, digestible nitric oxide. Uh huh. And essentially it's something that we get naturally from food that is properly balanced, like homegrown kelp, things like that. Right. And it's basically like, A little fart explosion that happens in your cells. It's a little fart explosion in your cells. I like to fart. But (laughs) I know you like to (laughs) fart. Oh my God, here, pull my finger. No, I am never going to pull your finger. And yet it does not stop you, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I still won't fart in front of you.
1: (laughs) Even if I pull your finger.
0: No, it's not that
1: time. But anyway. But you know, getting the seaweed you know, it was full of stuff like, you know, I but me I do like a, <laughs> a wicked good ripper. A wicked good ripper. That's
0: the best part about
1: being in my bed alone. Is <laughs> <laughs> a wicked good ripper. You know it's been raining so here.
0: Satisfying.
1: <laughs> it's been raining here. We've been walking around in our rubbers. <laughs> oh, yeah, <I> <laughs> oh my god. Gosh, shout out to Zuma. Shout out to Zuma. Um, And if anybody hasn't figured this out yet, oops, I'm from Maine originally. It doesn't take much for the accent to come back.
0: That's true. (laughs) Especially
1: when you're around Zuma.
0: That's funny. Anyway. So anyways, yeah, so it, it creates a little fart explosion in your cells. And evidently, because we don't get these nutrients now in our food, we no longer produce the mini farts. And so he has figured out a lozenge, a lozenge to help you produce the mini farts in your cells. Ooh. That's for another episode. But the point is blood gas, yeah, <clears throat> blood gas that we have like basically stripped our bodies of all these things. And you know, what's funny as um, having grown up near Wentworth Springs. I did a lot of research when I worked for the newspaper about just all sorts of stuff related to that town and what you're going to make him bark. And one of the things that was really big about the Wentworth spring is that people drove from all over the nation to go there back in the day, because it was like supposed to have healing properties, but really it's whatever seeping up from the granite, the copper, selenium, zinc, whatever. And now it's like, we're finding out that all this shit has been stripped from our diets Right. We've poisoned the dirt, so we're certainly not getting it, even in the
1: vegetables we're getting from the grocery store. The vegetables from the grocery store, while they may fill us up, do not provide our body with the nutrients that they need. Oh, my
0: gosh. Do you remember that that video I sent you that showed the fake meat and how they – and I'm not talking fake meat as in they want you to eat Beyond Burgers. I'm talking the fake meat that they're – they're, they're promoting glu- is actually meat.
1: They're gluing it together.
0: It's so disgusting. Gross. So disgusting. You know, there's
1: meat glue.
0: God, makes me want to vomit. Totally. But not shit. I'm still backed up.
1: I can't help you with that. No,
0: I need to eat more prunes. My I'm- grandma, she was all about that. That's the thing. Our grandmothers knew this stuff. Our grandmothers, they had, they had all the tricks. They had all the fiber. They did the cream of wheat. They, oh, and this is the other thing. You know, potatoes and wheat and all this has gotten such a bad rap, like, oh, gluten sensitivities and this and that. That's come from the way in which we have manufactured our food. And I just read an article this week that says cancer-fighting properties. You always think of mushrooms? No. Potatoes have cancer-fighting properties. Really, you're inviting this dog up. He thinks he's two pounds.
1: He's six.
0: He's 55. Sixty-three. 63 pounds, really? Oh, my God. He loves you more than me. Oh, wow. Okay. Would it be a podcast episode without Walter?
1: It would not. It would not. Can you say hi, Walter? No.
0: <laughs> we could. <clears throat> Speak. Speak. Say hi. Speak.
1: <clears throat> Close enough. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I think like these food, this food allergy bullshit. Yeah, the food allergy bullshit. F- it's because, you know, we've got you know, how many years of GMO right uh, development over, you know, how many years of GMO modification of food of the food supply has there been? Now, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, we'd grow carrots in the garden. Yep. And they were completely different than what we have at the grocery store. Yep. I mean, you could taste the carrot. It tasted good. And, you know, I know I do realize that as we get older, our taste buds are not as – Sensitive as they used to be. Yep. However, you know when I go to my parents' house and I eat like you know the food my mom grows in the garden,
0: it's amazing. It's
1: amazing compared to what we get in the grocery store.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and speaking of GMOs and Monsanto, right? Like, um, if you've ever grown a tomato, you know that the next year before you've even planted a tomato, a tomato seed. You will find your cherry tomatoes popping up in all sorts of random places, like the fire pit and all like where I put the scraps from the year prior. Yeah. The next year, they're just popping up. Yeah. But these Monsano, these big these big seed companies, they came through, they got the rights, they got the copyrights to these seeds and shit. And then they go through and um, it's not the copyright, it's the patent A or patent. whatever. And so then this little local farmer guy is next to a big Monsanto farm. And one of their little tiny cherry tomato seeds blows across in the natural process of the universe over to the Monsanto farm. And the Monsanto says, "Oh," or one of the Monsanos flies over to the little farmer's field. And they're like, you've stolen our patented seeds. And then they sue the farmer and shut them down. Yeah, And they are taking over the nation. Yeah, they are. With their freaky... Vampire seeds. Totally. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think, like, when it comes to food allergies and stuff like that, you know, the more we genetically modify the food that we're growing, the more people are, are that have allergies. When I was a kid, I mean, you know, gluten intolerance. Until ten years ago, I had no idea what the fuck that was.
0: Right. Lactose I intolerance. Mean, lactose any of it? Yeah.
1: You know, and it's it's a result of all the modified food that we're eating, you know, heraly-
0: Th- thyroid even, right. We're not getting enough iodine in our no. diets. And so all these, you know, thyroid deficiencies and things that right. your thyroid need, the thyroid gland needs iodine to function. You know, it's also so wild. And I see this with pregnant women. Or at least I would have this experience, but I will crave salt when I'm starting to become thyroid deficient
1: mm-hmm.
0: because my body seems to know that salt has added iodine. They, they added it back in like forever ago. Yeah. But somehow my body knows that. And I'll start to crave salt and put salt on everything. Hmm. Also um, Celtic sea salt, miracle, miracle, miracle stuff. Miracle stuff. But they don't want you to know about these natural things. Right.
1: But I think like if you're, you know, you, know, you have problems with, you've got you know problems with gluten, for example. I think if you go and you get heirloom quality wheat. And you make stuff with heirloom quality wheat. You're not going to have the gluten problems, right? Yes. It's the problem, but the problem with you know the older heirloom type of wheats, the older wheats before they started modified, is you know they're not getting the bushels per acre. You know we are you know one of the breadbaskets of the world. We grow more food than anybody else on the planet. We're good at mass production. Period. I mean, we can feed. We fucking feed everybody. But the food is no good. Right. You know, we've modified food that will can grow on less wheat that can use less water. Um, it grows more bushels per acre. But at the end of the day, that's awesome to keep people from starving to death. But how, at the end of the day, what is the quality of that material when it's done harvesting? What is left behind?
0: I feel like this is all planned, though. And I feel like the next thing is they're fucking up the meat sources so that we can't get enough protein. I mean, look at how sick and weak everybody is. Can we just talk about all cost mortality for a minute ever since the poke and how it's up 43%?
1: Let's talk about that for a second. Okay, number one.
0: Government won't let you have your co-op. They're going to shut you down and make you go to the grocery store where your food is shit. Mass-produced shit.
1: Mass-produced shit. Um,
0: Number two, all-cause mortality since the poke, 43% up, all of a sudden, myocarditis, just totally normal.
1: This isn't isn't something you're going to find on the news. This is, you need to go and look at what the uh, insurance companies are looking at. Yeah. Insurance companies, you know, life and health insurance companies, they track this stuff because- Just like every other corporation out there, the bottom line matters.
0: Also, if you're listening to this podcast and you got the poke for whatever reason, no judgment, we understand. Go get yourself some white tea, look it up, look it up. It is an antidote to the poke. There is an antidote to the poke. Actually, I should just include the whole recipe, but I'd probably get banned. You'd probably get banned. I had to Google it. You, you gotta or Google duck, it. Duck duck-go it.
1: Duck duck go it
0: go! Although I think they just got bought by Google. But this is the thing is there's like been this war on us for years.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been over 100 years. They've been fighting us.
0: Yeah. Um, so so we know this. We know that. and And we also know that a good poop makes us happy. Yeah. So think about what you're eating so you can have good poops and be happy.
1: Right. And also poops, you know, drink enough water. Water is a key. Water.
0: Oh my God. Can we talk about the chlorine in the water? Anybody can do this. Go get the pool sample, the pool test kit. Put four drops of chlorine in a cup of water from your tap. Watch it turn bright yellow because of the chlorine, the chlorine test kit. Then stick your hand in another cup of water. Pull your hand out. Do the same thing. Put four drops in. Watch what happens. Your body soaked up all of the chlorine through the biggest organ you have, which is your skin. And so therefore the chlorine goes into your body in the water that you're drinking every day and actually counters the effects of things like iodine, zinc, you know, all the good stuff, selenium, all, those things. all of it. And not only that, but you shower in it in a hot shower The chlorine drenching your body, soaking in through all your now really, really soft and lubed up skin and poisons every organ in your body all of the time. Go get yourself some Wentworth springs water, some well water. Go put reverse osmosis. I've heard mixed things about, but the bottom line is drink a lot of water, but think about it. Think about how you're poisoning yourself just from the tap water. Yeah. What were you going to say before that? About the tap water, drinking enough water uh, so you can
1: poop good. Yeah, drinking enough water so you can poop good. So there's a fine balance in your in your intestinal tract where you know you have to have just the exact amount of the perfect amount of water. If there's too little water, you're going to be constipated. If there's and have a too much, you're going to have diarrhea. Oh
0: god! And so
1: it's like a very narrow window of of moisture content that you can have in your bowels. I
0: feel like this is stuff our grandmas knew too.
1: They knew this shit too.
0: Because they, they would always say, you know, eight, cu- eight cups of water a day or whatever. You know, the whole thing.
1: So, drinking fountains. What's that pink shit around the nozzle of a drinking fountain?
0: God, I'm afraid you're going to tell me.
1: I have no idea.
0: Is that mold? Is it the same stuff that appears in the sink sometimes on the rim of the silicone?
1: Yeah, it's like that gross oh, yeah, pink that's shit. that's mold. Is that mold?
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I recently watched a TikTok video that was hand dryers in bathrooms. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. They oh, put, God? Yeah. They oh, God. They washed their hands. They did the whole thing. And not just the hand dryers, but also they did the paper towel machines, too. And they let the stuff grow in the Petri dish. Oof. But the funny thing is, is that if we lived less sterile and had more of the bacteria, our bodies adjust and handle it just fine. Yeah, they do. Um. You know, I'm staring at this encyclopedia of herbal medicine. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about diffuser oils, too, and how essential oils in concentrated amounts are not good either. I've always been kind of repulsed by essential oils. They're too much.
1: It's a lot of stuff.
0: It's like too much. I don't mind a little citrus in a diffuser or something, but I can't do like strong lavender or any of those guys. They're like Uh, the Frankenstein or whatever the hell it's called. No. It's just too much. So do you want to talk about Russia?
1: Okay, let's talk. Let's
0: spend a few minutes to talk about it. We're going to go from
1: GMO to Russia. Yeah. So over the weekend, evidently, our our government, our military, the Pentagon has approved direct attacks on Russia itself. Um, It's not bad enough that we're supplying arms to Ukraine and technical assistance and so forth. We are now. Greenlighted to actually go in and attack Russia itself. Does this concern... Also, any-
0: Russia is a nuclear power.
1: Does this concern anybody else, or am I the only one out here that's maybe worried about this shit?
0: I mean, the thing is, even with the Twitter stuff, you know, I troll CNN because I just want to see what they say. It's so funny how when anything comes out about Hunter Biden or anything like that's actual, legit, and real, they don't deny it, but they go straight to Trump. Right, it's like, oh my God, when are you going to let the Trump thing die? Like, enough already! Enough already! Pick something else to divert the attention to.
1: Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's like you know, uh, somebody asked Joe Biden about the Hunter laptop thing. He's like, "What difference does it make? It's old news." Well, wake up, people! Who gives a fuck about Trump? He's old news now too. Yes, let's move on. Let's move on to something else. so funny. I actually let's saw talk a comment about.
0: on one of some DC Drano's post about that. And they're like, let's talk about all the things that Trump is. It's like, no, how about you actually be accountable and responsible for your fucked up shit? And then you can divert to someone else. Literally, if the three year old shatters a glass because he's fucking around and then the six year old shatters a glass because he's fucking around, you're both in trouble. You don't go, oh, but look, he did it first. Right. No, you both did it.
1: But yeah, totally. And you know, the whole thing is like with this the, the the Twitter files being released. It's like you know what is the statute of limitations on election tampering, ballot tampering, tampering, um, election interference. Who's going to be responsible for this shit?
0: You so know? what? If, so all these people have not heard or seen any of this because the news channels are still not reporting it that they watch and even with Twitter they just went off of Twitter how do we how do they find how do they eventually realize that they've been lied to about everything
1: um, well or do they not I you know I think that um, you know coming from a, a previous relationship where I was involved with someone that would literally absolutely fucking believe absolutely Every stupid single thing that CNN would say, yeah, and believe anything that would come out of a left wing politician's mouth, they will believe anything. And it's, it's, it's like you know, it doesn't matter how obviously bad or whacked out it is, you know, if it comes out of Joe Biden's mouth or Kamala Harris's mouth or Hillary Clinton's mouth or who's the commie from Vermont, Bernie Sanders' mouth or CNN's, one of CNN's uh, talking heads, it's got to be fact. If the fact checkers are on it, Snopes is on it. Fact check this is on it. Fact check that is on it. If the fact checkers are on it and debunking it, you better believe it's fucking goddamn true. Because they're trying to hide this shit.
0: Yeah, but so what's ter- what's sad to me is that these people are never eat. no matter how much factual evidence you put in front of them, no matter how much comes out to the contrary of what they believe that is factually proven, they're still somehow twist this shit.
1: So, this is interesting. So, every, every once in a while, you know, you go in and Google, died suddenly.
0: Yeah, Google okay. that. Huh?
1: No, you're fine. Um, So, Died Suddenly, you Google Died Suddenly, and there's a movie that came out a few months ago called Died Suddenly, and, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of fact-checkers debunking the whole deal, but you keep scrolling down through shit, and then you find the names of the people, like, within the past three days, I mean, there's two reporters, two sports reporters in Dubai, that yep. died suddenly. There's a huge TikTok tweaker star chick that at 23 died suddenly. I didn't hear
0: about that one.
1: It's all over the fucking news. There's a 36-year-old police officer's son in New York City that died suddenly. So there's all these people that are fucking dropping dead.
0: I said, I said two years ago, if you want to invest in something, invest in funeral homes. Everyone said you're morbid. That's horrible. I can't believe that would come out of your mouth.
1: Okay, Funeral homes are making me a fucking millionaire right now. <laughs> <laughs> so keep- oh, we should talk about the clots. So keep on getting the jab. Every time you get jabbed. I'm making money. I'm making money. Okay, so let's talk about the clots though. Because so-
0: again, this is something, they, it will not be on any of their news sources. And it's really suppressed everywhere else because they're all in on it. Right. The clots.
1: The clots. So
0: autopsy reports.
1: Autopsy reports. So this isn't, you know something. not making
0: this up. You Google it. You go find yourself somebody that does the formaldehyde and talk to them about it. They will tell you straight up.
1: Yeah. You don't fucking believe this shit. You go to a funeral home, you go to someone that doesn't bombing for a living and talk talk with them. And so so I talked to I'm you should get one of those on the podcast. That would be amazing. Oh my
0: god, I'm gonna. You know, do that.
1: most people, most embalmers won't talk about this because they don't want to. Yeah, the don't of the the exposure. They don't be suicided. They don't want to be suicided. So,
0: but what if I had them with a like with that Star Wars voice,
1: the there, Darth Vader, the, yeah, mask. Darth
0: Vader, yeah.
1: Um. So I could do that. There's this, you know, report that this embalmer had uh, had uh, done, and you know, he's in the past 100 embalming you know he works for a funeral home the past 100 people that he's embalmed only 13 of them didn't have something totally fucked up 13 out of 100 were normal the other 83 had taken the had taken the clot shot they had these great big long white strung out Stretchy, elastic. I saw the video. It's gross. It's friggin' gnarly it's shit. Nasty. Remember we watched it that day in the car. It's horrible. It's horrible. And so, if you've gotten the jab and have gotten the boosters, take the antidote. Take the antidote, or you know, just not sleep at night. Concerned about your, be concerned about your well being. Um, start eating well. I don't know. You can get out the chips and shit that's in there though. Anyway, so. And what you're not going to hear on mainstream media is they've taken these, you know, the embalmers, they have to pull the shit out of your, out of the arteries and the veins to get the embalming it pushed, embalming, embalming fluid pushed through. So they sent these great big, long, white, stringy clots out for analysis. They do like the spectro analysis and they do a bunch of other plasma shit. And they're trying to figure out what the hell this shit is. But what they're finding that inside of these clots, there are wires. There are computer chips that have appeared to have somewhat self-assembled crudely mm. and all kinds of other like, you know, finding all these metals. It's not, you know, your blood contains iron. And the reason why your blood contains iron is because in the grand scheme of things, iron carries oxygen extremely efficiently throughout your body. Um. And so that's not a common. So these clots do not have red blood cells. They do not contain iron. However, they contain silicone. They contain copper. They contain lead. They contain tin. The shit that we use every day to make computer chips, this shit is in these clots. They're, they've gone under microscopes and they found like these where these clots, your body has assembled wires. It sounds like fucking science fiction shit, totally off the wall. But you look at these pictures on a microscope, this is fucking these are metal wires inside these fucking clots. Are
0: they shaped like a hexagon, like the six six, six?
1: No, they look like a round wire. Hmm. And so, you know, what the hell is going on with this shot? Why is your body mass producing this stuff for the metals that's in the environment?
0: I don't know, but I can tell you that if I'd if I'd gotten the thing, I'd be Freak the fuck out right
1: now. I'd be totally freaked out.
0: I mean, I hate <clears> to say it, like, I really feel for people that felt they had to and are now living with it. I cannot imagine the immense anxiety that they must be feeling.
1: Oh, it's got to be, you know, if, if if you got the clot shot because you were forced to or mandated to or you're, you're going to lose your job, you know, I've talked with people in my industry, pilots. That, you know, if I don't get the, you know, I guess like if they don't get the shot, they're going to lose their job. So they go get lined up, they roll up their fucking sleeve, they don't want to. Fuck. You know, you know, how many flight crew members have died in the past several months? Yeah,
0: or stroked out. Or
1: stroked out. Yeah. While they're I working. Feel like, I feel like there's... If you're flying, if you're taking a fucking commercial flight and you are flying on an airline that mandated the jab, you're taking your life in your own hands. Plug the Flying Yacht Company.
0: Flyingyachtcompany.com for private air travel, no restrictions, freedom travel your way. No clock shot. Flyingyachtcompany.com. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: <laughs> nice segue, honey.
1: Good segue. So, uh, um,.
0: Yeah, but I think I think the point is just that we have lived for far too long without realizing that what our grandparents had to say about what we were putting into our body was important and randomly eating whatever they put in front of us. There is a reason that your local co-op is shut, was shut down during the farmers markets were not allowed, even though they were outdoors during the lockdowns. But you could fucking go to McDonald's.
1: You could go when to Walmart. When that shit
0: started happening, I'm like, what? And how did people go, oh, yeah, I could go to Walmart around all of these people, but I can't go to my local ma and pa hardware store. Right. Wake the fuck up, people. I can, Wake the fuck
1: up. Don't I can, be an idiot. I can ride in the fucking street, but I can't go to a Trump rally. I absolutely. <laughs> this is. What, I loved that
0: my local restaurant had a sign that said, "We are no longer a restaurant. We are a peaceful protest." Exactly. Stand by one. I got stand put this by one on for a little longer. Don't touch anything. I'm
1: not touching anything.
0: Okay. I need another thirty minutes. Okay. I thought it was smaller than it is.
1: Did you actually weigh the turkey?
0: No, I didn't. You eyeballed it.
1: Okay. You said it's more than 14. I need to stick a thermometer in it.
0: Yeah. Do you want to go do that right now before I ruin it? Okay. So let's wrap this podcast <laughs> let's up. Let's talk
1: about some The things. bottom
0: line is eat well, take
1: good shits. Eat and that well. will make
0: you so happy and your microbiome will be well. Eat, and-
1: eat well, poop happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: no longer be you, find happy. It's eat well, poop happy. Eat
1: well, poop happy. <laughs> Eat those worm casings. Oh, boy. Eat that peck of dirt before you die. Oh, my God. Die. Before
0: we go, we have to talk about one thing. Yes. Oh, God. We have to talk about how I door dashed like an idiot because I didn't want to go out in the rain. Um, not because I'm scared of the rain and driving in the rain because I'm scared of the drivers that drive in the rain. Anyway, I door dashed from the local taqueria because I love the taqueria. And I saw that they have pozole on the weekends. And it was Saturday night. And I door dashed it. And it came and I took a big massive bite of it and I saw something, I was like, oh, anyway, I thought it was some hominy or something. I took a big old bite of it, swallowed it, slurped it down. Oh my god, I still want to vomit thinking about it. And I'm like, what the actual fuck was that? What the actual fuck was that? And then I start looking at it and realize, no, they gave me manudo. It's
1: not the same thing.
0: Um, what the fuck is it?
1: It's tripe. That's a stomach.
0: I ate stomach I ate cow stomach and then I reached out to the DoorDashers and I'm like you cannot swap pozole for menudo and charge me for it's it not the same at all it's not even remotely the same and they only refunded me for half
1: that's bullshit You know,
0: I I couldn't eat for two days. This is probably why I'm still fucked up. I was so like wanted to vomit in my mouth from that experience. It slurped down. It's so fucking nasty. I had cow intestines in my own intestines. I barely could handle my life.
1: So this is funny. It
0: was traumatizing. So
1: I at the grocery store, I found some tripe one time. And I thought, this is interesting. I'll make some tripe soup. So I looked up a recipe. And it was... It was gross. Disgusting. I'm, I'm not a fan. And so. Um, I
0: feel like there are limits to what we should. I know it's like, oh, use every part, but I feel like there are limits and the stomach lining is what? Uh, God, see, it's making me sick again. It's
1: bad. Anyway, so I made tripe soup one time and it was. Oh, I don't. I'm feeling sick. It was not palatable. I did not like it. I tried it and. Did you want to vomit? I didn't want really, I don't think I wanted to burn But vomit. did you
0: feel it slurp down? It's not like an oyster. It was, it's like it's the nastiest slurp you've ever experienced in
1: your life. I, I don't even think I went that far.
0: Oh, God.
1: I pass my mouth, I'm chewing it, and it's <laughs> like, oh, this is bad.
0: I didn't and chew. So
1: I spit it out, and you know, it had oh. a bunch of other stuff there, like, you know, it was like a tomato-based type of soup. And so it's like, well, God, I hate, you know, the tripe was expensive where I was at. It was expensive. And so I was like, well, I hate to waste this. I'll give it to the dog. So I took the tripe out of the soup and I rinsed all the tomato stuff off and I gave it to the dog. And the dog wouldn't eat it. (laughs) And so thinking to myself, you know, if my dog won't eat this, is this something that I really want to eat as well? No. The answer is no.
0: Absolutely not.
1: No. If your dog... Also,
0: short- for the record, dogs don't eat nightshades, tomatoes, etc. And humans are really not supposed to eat nightshades either.
1: Tomatoes are delicious.
0: Yeah, They are. And I will, I will never stop. But nightshades cause a lot of problems, believe they do. it or not.
1: So anyway, rule of thumb, if your dog doesn't drink it, don't drink it. If your dog doesn't eat it, don't eat it.
0: My dog also rolls in skunk shit. Should I be rolling in skunk shit? Maybe. It'd probably It'd probably add back to my microbiome. It
1: would probably add back to your microbiome.
0: Oh, so Dr. Zach Bush's sauce that you put in, the gut health stuff that you yeah. squeeze in your water, it's poop. It's poop water that you add to your water. It doesn't taste like poop water, though.
1: Ew. No,
0: it's dirt. It's literal dirt that you squeeze in your water and you drink it. Huh. And it counters the effects of the glyphosate. Really? Yeah. Huh. And other things. But it's literally dirt. It's dirt. So if you want to have a peck of dirt. Let's eat that dirt. Peter Piper picked.
1: Picked a peck of dirt.
0: Then squeeze it in your water. Yeah. We've come full circle. Eat well, poop happy.
1: Eat well, poop happy. Okay, time for turkey. Let's eat turkey.
0: This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links okay we're live ish awesome and um, I'm gonna put the this here and we'll have to put the crunchy chips here perfect and we'll make sure we crunch really loud
1: crunch really loud and make sure the ice in your drink clinks loudly Clinks
0: too. loudly too and then we go
1: <laughs> correct
0: and no belching
1: no belching that's off-limits
0: so we had a fun adventure for a week Traveled across the nation.
1: Learned a lot of things.
0: Learned a lot of things. (laughs) We learned a lot of things traveling across the nation.
1: And, you know, we learned a lot of things that most people really aren't going to give a shit about. Like, you know, presidential TFRs (laughs) and how they affect, you know, your routing when you're on an IFR flight plan. Stuff like that. Right, right, right. General Public really doesn't care about that. Probably
0: doesn't care about that.
1: But, all that said, you know, getting routed around the TFR and dealing with that bullshit... It was really not as difficult as I anticipated it would be. No, it was very simple. It was very simple. Just go
0: around. But you know what else is kind of cool about that, though, is a lot of people don't realize that you can, you know, aviators know where the president is always Mm -hmm. because of that TFR. A lot of people don't realize that. Right. It seems like it's so, so hush-hush unless it's on the news. But in the aviation world, you're all the same. Matter of fact, that YouTuber that we watched, you know, whether you're an F-18, as we experienced in Palm Springs... Or, you know, a Cessna 150, you're given the exact same response from air traffic control. Like, you're all treated the same. Exactly. Which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, what's interesting is, um, as aviators, if we bust a VIP slash presidential TFR, temporary flight restricted area, we are fucked. Pardon my English. We're totally screwed. It's a six-month vacation on the beach. (laughs) FA, boom. They yank your ticket for six months, no questions asked. Gonzo.
0: They don't want you flying in and out of there. Although we did learn that Mar-a-Lago, because of Trump and because past presidents always have standing TFRs, um, has its own whole thing so that people that live in Mar-a-Lago can actually still fly in and out. Correct. You can squawk a certain code and all this stuff. I mean... We learned a lot. I don't know how many of your IFR students actually get like 17. It was more like 20 hours out of 35 hours of straight IMC. It was a lot. I mean, we were in the shit, jumbo liners were canceling the flights. They were canceling flights right and left and we we're in it. But we were kind of dodging it and doing all the things and requested different altitudes. That was so badass.
1: Totally badass. So we
0: needed to kill 40 hours for my instrument rating. So we're like... Let's go somewhere that's got good food and sunshine.
1: We went to Louisiana.
0: We went to Louisiana <laughs> where we have some really great friends. God, we laughed our asses off. <laughs> we took a day off of flying to do nothing but eat. Literally every hour and a half, we went to a different restaurant. They literally did tour de la Louisiana. <laughs> uh-huh. We got the boudin. We got the we got How do they say it? <laughs> I'm probably chopping it bad.
1: We got the po boys, The we po got the boys. jambalaya.
0: We, oh god, shrimp and grits.
1: Shrimp and grits.
0: Gator, we had a gator.
1: Yeah, gator. They took nuggets. us to the swamp. We went to the swamp. We got to
0: see a gator and a beaver looking thing, beaver rat thing.
1: Uh, a nutria?
0: A nutria.
1: It's like it looks like a huge a uh, uh, huge muskrat.
0: As we were on our way through the swamp, my mom made the comment that uh what was really interesting she said this is god's septic tank she made that comment i remember thinking that's a real interesting thing and and how many times did we cross over the mississippi when we uh were flying in i mean that thing is like a snake it just
1: yeah we crossed the mississippi several times on the way in Uh uh-huh. to into, um this little airport between uh, Bat- baton rogue Bat- <laughs> baton rogue baton rouge and new orleans um,
0: but so mom made the comment that it was, it was God's septic tank. And what's really interesting is while we were out of this swamp area, we learned about something. Well, you knew about it, but I had not known. And it, I'm surprised I did not know, seeing as how I've done a lot of work in the LNG industry, liquid natural gas industry. But there are these things called salt domes. Some of them are thousands of feet deep into the earth, thick salt they, they scoot, and, and the salt is pushed upwards in between layers of sediment, we learned. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what's interesting is they shoot, shoot out the salt with water and then they fill them with things like petroleum and liquid natural gas and all these different...
1: Different chemicals. All and,
0: sorts of different things. I mean, really, and, they use it as a storage, like yeah, a holding and s- tank. And
1: some of these domes can be uh, five miles across. These are freaking massive, huge caverns in the earth that... Nobody gives a second thought. No. You know, we, we hear a lot about like the National Petroleum Reserve. Most of the National Petroleum Reserve is stored in these salt domes in Louisiana. Yep. And now we have an, uh, an, uh, a feeble-minded POTUS. POTUS. Sitting in the White House that has sold most of our National Petroleum Reserve to who? That Chinese government.
0: Right. <laughs> but what's really interesting is as we're talking about... These salt domes as we're researching them that, I, I, that, that has all the cream cheese I wanted that one because of all the cream cheese Walter go lay down god it cannot be a podcast episode without Walter clacking around I swear Walter right. good boy so um we lo- we were talking about it and I'm like well what is salt salt is a purifier it's a filter if you think about hot tubs and pools and everything
1: Everything is up with salt.
0: Saline. I mean, salt. That's what it is. And so I was thinking about how mom says, you know, that, you know, the swamp is God's septic system. And then I'm thinking about how ironic is it that there are all these salt domes, literally, you know, 500 feet under the topsoil or less in some cases, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where these swamps
1: are. And all that water, like all the Uh water in the Mississippi River... It's filtered through those bios, bayous, through those salt domes.
0: It's literally filtered. It's and literally it's a Louisiana. filtration system.
1: Yeah, but it's, you know, Louisiana has them, Texas has them, you know, they're all along the Gulf Coast.
0: Other countries have the them. Countries Iran have them. has a really big one. But then the thing is, is that we hijacked them and filled them with other shit. So now they don't filter. Now the salt isn't there to filter. It isn't there to do its job. No wonder Hurricane Katrina comes through and the place smells like a damn toilet for the next however many years because we obliterated all the salt that was there to purify. I mean, I don't know. We're projecting. I'm projecting this. But to me, it makes sense.
1: Totally. And, you know, I think, um, you know, like those salt domes, you know... Just reading about them a little bit, you know they're um, to use the term that they use in one of the articles right there. they're impenetrable they're like they're safe to put stuff in, you know
0: but if you wanted to if you wanted to be a terrorist, that would be what you'd target yeah, think about it mm mm-hmm. I mean I'm not giving any ideas to psychopaths out there, but I guess you know, but I think what's really weird is the fact that we think we're doing so good on you know. We're um, protecting nature, climate change, all the things. Really, we're fucking up everything we touch. Damn near.
1: hmm
0: I mean, look at those windmills, autocross. What, what is the purpose of those things? What do they serve? I mean, do they really actually produce any energy for this landmass that they take up? And the second part of that is, and this will tie into the conversation about the projects the ghettos, thugs, etc. You know, we say, oh, you know, that that everybody um, you know everybody is, is, is hurting for real estate and this and that and whatever. But the truth of the matter is our the global elites, our government strategically stuck people in high rise cities where they have no other they're all trapped in there together. But truly, if you fly across the United States, there is plenty of space for everybody to have an acre of property. Every family in the entire United States could have probably, I'm, I'm just tossing a number out there, but probably an acre of land. At least. There is so much open space. I mean, we act like, you know, everybody is... Um, Stuck and homeless and all these various things, but that's a, that's a creation of our own government. Our own government created that environment by things like the projects, and this is what we were ultimately going to get to. As you know, we made a call. We wanted to go to Louisiana for good food. We wanted to go for jambalaya. We had friends that lived in Gonzales, halfway in between the two major cities. And as we're sitting in Amarillo, the night before we made that last long trek. We see on the news that there were 10 shootings in a single night, murders, deaths in New Orleans that day. Right. Which was two days after Christmas. And so we say, well, maybe we don't need to go to New Orleans for good food. We'll just, you know, get the flair and the flavor from where, you know, our friends live. Right. And I hadn't been to New Orleans since Hurricane Katrina had hit, a few months after Hurricane Katrina had hit. And the thing is is when we think about these places where there's just this immense crime and we look back on historically what has happened, the government slash global elites, they, we call them on this podcast, intentionally created these environments where it would proliferate, like they were all put together rather than allowing them to, the idea was Oh, we'll create the projects for them and they can all live together and then they can um, you know, be with their own and have, you know, growth and prosperity and the best chance of success. Truth of the matter is, and I see this a lot when we have these schools, right, that are for troubled youth. What do we do with the troubled youth? We segregate them. Yep. And don't allow them to be with the other students, and we say that's to help them out so that they're with the other troubled youth. Right. Right, so with the other dunce caps, so that they don't have to feel stupid with the general populace. Right. It's exactly what we did with the projects. We, mm-hmm. we built a holding tank and said, all oh, you have to stay there. When... The reason that that was really created was because the rich white global elites did not want to actually deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so they put it over to the side where they wouldn't have to. And it allowed the victim mentality to continue. Correct. Whereby, if we had actually just put them out with everybody, commingled with everyone, the survival of the fittest Darwinism, if you will, would rise. And hey, you know, (laughs) the strong survive and the weak don't. But instead, we play these games and we still play these games where we try to baby everybody and put everybody together. What does it do? It worsens the victim mentality.
1: Mm -hmm. And Um, then it
0: creates a subculture within that of hierarchy. Right. I mean, it's awful. It's awful. It's
1: terrible. You know, I, I flew up in Alaska for 20 years. And, you know, every native village in Alaska is a ghetto. Every Indian reservation in the United States of America is a ghetto. The difference is, you know, and like, you know, in the huge ghettos in the cities, it's all the same. You've been to, if you've been to one, you know, if you've been to one Native Alaska village, you've been to all of them. Mm -hmm. If you've been to one Indian reservation, you've been to all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've been to one ghetto, whether it's in Boston, New York City, New Orleans, Chicago, you've been to every single ghetto in the country. And so, you know, what has happened is, you know, people love free shit. You know, they get, uh, you know, elected representatives go to the, you know, the reservations. They go to the villages. They go to ghettos. And they promise people free shit. Free handouts for this. Free handouts for that. Free health care. Free education. But
0: what has given people shit free ever done except create an entitled lazy mentality?
1: Exactly. So... What that does I'm is... even with teenagers. Even with teenagers. Across the board. You know, if you're handed everything in life and you don't have to work for it, you have no reason to get up and, and, and do anything in the morning. Nor so, what do you, do you
0: appreciate, do? maintain, or respect anything you have. You and, let it go to shit.
1: And, you know, this is one of the things that I had trouble with, you know, when I was working up in Alaska, is, you know, I look around at the stuff that's going on. And, you know, these people have a false self False sense of pride in their communities. They're proud of where they live. Dude, you live in a freaking shithole. Open your eyes. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, get a job. Do something with your life.
0: They don't have any jobs?
1: No, Not it's really? the complete welfare state. It's, you know, you look at any, any ghetto, any reservation, any Alaska village out there. This is what socialism is it's free shit. Don't have to get out. Of, there's no if you have don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You lay around. You sleep halfway through the day. You uh, abuse drugs. You use alcohol. You know, sex is a recreational sport. The more babies you make, the more money you get. There's no reason to, uh, you know, not have more children. Because the more kids you grind out, the bigger your fucking paycheck is every month. It's stupid. And then now you've got more kids living in the same squalor that you're living in. And what's interesting is these people don't realize how bad they have it. If the, money, if the government shut the money off, there's no more money, and they had to go out and actually work for a living, they'd piss and moan and bitch about it. They'd have a freaking shit fit. Their heads would explode.
0: But that's, but that's the thing. But at
1: the end of the day, they'd have to do something to survive. If you have to actually do something to survive, then all of a sudden, well, shit, the house I live in is actually worth something. I have to pay to maintain it. I need to take pride in my home if I want it to look nice. Right now, it's a shithole. You know, there's holes punched in the walls. The fucking windows are broken out. My house is no good. I'm going to just, you know, fill out this piece of paperwork and they'll build me a new house. I'll just move my fucking shit from one shithole into another brand new house in six months. My new house looks just like the old one. But this it is like it's not worth anything. You give
0: a teenager a laptop, teenager has no value of what the laptop is, where a teenager didn't have to work for the laptop. Teenager doesn't take care of the laptop because teenager thinks laptops just keep coming off trees.
1: Right. Through the front door. Teenager needs a job to pay for the next broken laptop.
0: For certain. <laughs> so that there's appreciation and value and understanding of what All of that is, but I mean, I think that's the point is that this ties into, you know, I hate to say it, but Darwinism, it's like, you know, if you are constantly, it's like feeding the ducks at the pond, right? You feed the little ducks at the pond, the morsels of bread and they say, don't feed the ducks. Well, don't feed the ducks because the ducks don't learn how to survive. The ducks don't learn how to work for it. So the ducks become weaker and weaker and weaker and the weaker ducks continue to proliferate. And then pretty soon, you've got a pond full of ducks that don't know how to survive unless they're handed out food from the locals or whatever, the visitors. And this is the same situation and same scenario here. And then you try to take those ducks and put them out in regular functioning society. And they have to work either 100 times harder to figure shit out and survive, or they die. Right. But you know what's funny is today, we almost went to the Indian casino... For a drink and i just decided it was just gonna to be too much noise and things i can't handle it smoke and whatever i just not my not my bag but you told me something interesting which is that they make more in the first two are you taking salami with cream cheese and pepperoncini and dunking it in queso
1: you want to try it no
0: you don't is it good
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh wow but, th- but they make more in two months. They make enough in two, the first two months of the year to pay for the entire year. The entire year. And yet we're looking at doing retribution and shit. But you know what's funny? These are the savviest of the subculture. Mm-hmm. That's the savviest of the subculture. Because remember, we took the subculture. We took the culture. We segregated them over here. And then they hierarchied.
1: Well, yes and no. Okay. It's not the native corporations or the native tribes that build the casinos and run them. There's professional casino organizations. Haraz. Um There's another one that...
0: Who are they owned by? The mafia. No shit. Italian?
1: Yeah. No kidding. Mafia runs everything. Anyway... We need
0: to have that conversation <laughs> and we have to talk about UFOs.
1: <laughs> so... But, you know, there's just, you know, professional casino organizations that will go to a tribe and say, hey, we want to build a casino on your land. We'll give you 10%. They've got nothing to lose. They get a big check every month. The tribe distributes it to all their other worthless bastards that live in the fucking tribe. And hurrahs. they are. They're fucking worthless bastards.
0: Do you want me to cut that?
1: No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's a handful out there that, you know, they carry their own weight. But as a general rule, they're worthless bastards. They're a drain on society. Mm -hmm. If they fell off the face of the earth, no one would know and we'd be better off.
0: But do you think that we have to have some worthless bastards to make society go?
1: No, we don't. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, but there's professional casino companies that actually build and run the casinos... They lease the land from the native tribe. They give the native tribe a stipend. But the the casino company, they take the cream. The tribe gets the leftovers. The tribe doesn't realize that all they're getting is the fucking leftovers. So when you go to a restaurant and you get a really good meal but you don't finish it, and that leftovers goes to the fucking dumpster, mm-hmm. that's what the native tribes get is the fucking leftovers that go to the dumpster. Really? The fine dining... The stuff that the, the, the big people want, the casinos want, the big-time the big operators want, they take that off the top and they fucking go fat, dumb, and happy.
0: No oh, shit. The natives
1: get the leftovers. They so just, see,
0: here's just another example then of how it's structured.
1: Here's another example of the ghetto mentality. Yeah, they get – you know every, every native in this particular tribe gets maybe $500 more a month. They think they've struck the fucking gold mine. They think they got, they're striking it rich they're not striking it rich, they're just perpetuating what's already going on, which is they're allowing somebody else with deeper pockets, a bigger vision, better management skills, they keep the natives drunk, drugged out, grinding out babies on welfare, yeah, they drive jacked up trucks, yeah, they get a few hundred extra bucks in their pocket every month, but that's not getting them ahead they keeping them where they. Really-
0: and and what value and quality of life do you really have like that? There's no value or I mean? quality like, of that at all. I know for me, when I'm working hard and I'm checking off a list and I'm accomplishing things that I'm setting for myself in life, I feel a sense of purpose, direction, happiness, hope. I mean, all these all these mental like you know attributions that come from all of this work that you do. These people don't get to experience that.
1: They don't, and um, you know. I don't know how I feel about that. I see it. I watch it. I observe it. But it's like, you know, what value does that life really have?
0: Well, and what they show on TV with Alaska is, you know, the wilderness men who are sustaining and surviving on
1: the... It's a crock of shit. It's made for TV. Yeah. It doesn't exist.
0: No, I don't. I mean, I think there probably are a handful of those rarities. I mean, I've, you know, been in Alaska quite a bit myself and have seen... The, the slums, really. I mean, it's very...
1: It's all ghetto.
0: I mean, the wanigans that are literally trailers with these... I mean, it looks like full meth compounds in some places and stuff. I it mean, is. It is just not what people think the great Alaskan wilderness really is in a lot of places or the majority of places. Um, but to to tie back into this um, this idea, you know, one of the things I had mentioned to you that I spent a lot of time in my 20s, um, in the NFL world, uh, living in San Diego. I had a lot of friends that played in the NFL and, um, hearing their individual stories about their lives and how they got there. And some of them came from money and went to, you know, high end universities and, and made their way to the NFL. But the majority of them are from ghetto towns where football was life. And if they did not succeed in football, they were going to wind up in a gang. I mean, this is the truth of the matter. And, and it's sad to think about that because, you know, we were listening to some Tupac earlier and it's like, you know, on some level, you know, that the oppression that they experience is a creation of, of the global elites and it's intentional. And it's almost like this drama unfolding in this world where we're constantly trying to assist. But the truth of the matter is, is like if you literally dispersed and obliterated and bombed the town, I mean, bomb the projects, just nuke it out of the earth and all those people had to go mingle in society. Suddenly you don't get to be in a fucking gang. Because your neighbor's going to work 8 to 5, doing whatever they're doing with their plumbing job, or whatever. And you're going to be hard-pressed to find someone else that wants to hang out in your gang. Because they've got to make their rent. And so then the natural Darwinism of things would unfold. Right. Either you step the fuck up, or you step the fuck out. That's it. There's two options, up or out.
1: Right, exactly.
0: But um, it's... In, in
1: the real world, you know, there is no room for... Gangs or ghetto or bullshit.
0: There's no room for that. People should be busy trying to figure out where their next meal is coming from, in from the sense of like hunting, gathering, preparing. <laughs>
1: like, exactly. You know.
0: But, I mean, if this is something my mom and I were talking about when we were out in New Orleans. Is that you know, or in Louisiana, uh, at one point Trump had said, "Why are we giving everybody debit cards? We should be giving them boxes of produce." with meat and things in it, where they have to actually learn a skill, which is cooking. Not drive Uh through the McDonald's, not pick up your, you know, whatever you're getting from the PX and doing that kind of shit, the frozen goods or whatever. Give them food boxes. Give them food boxes to learn a skill. Exactly. How to cook, how to survive, how to eat. I mean, I really think that they do experience what we believe they experience but i believe they experience it because it's intentional from our global elite system it's totally intentional i mean you look at you look at even the school districts i mean this is a shit show look at the school districts i actually read a book on this it is freaking fascinating i think it was called dumbing us down was the was the book i read on on the kind of indoctrination camps they set the lines literally for the school districts, on the line of wealth in each state. There is no fucking chance that a little black boy from the projects is going to go to school with the wealthy rich man's kid, even if it is two blocks over that that high-end neighborhood with that big fucking fence is. They make damn sure your kid's going to stay in the projects. Absolutely. The little black boy or whatever it is is going to stay in the projects. And I'm not saying this to sound, you know, like there's this um race agenda or anything like that. I could give a fuck what color people are. It does not matter to me. But when you start to really strip it down and just look at a map, just plot it out from the top down, like look at it from the aerial high level and look at the way things were structured and set out. Look at overlay the school districts. Mhm. On the wealthiest communities in states like Illinois, where Chicago is, and New York, and Louisiana, and all these things.
1: California. It
0: becomes fucking evident real fast. Yeah, you know, is. somebody from Pacific Heights in San Francisco's children are not going to the poor district school. Absolutely not. Period. You know, and we say, oh, well, we need to help them. We need to help them. We need to... How we need to fucking help them is by... Truly getting rid of segregation. I'm not talking fucking Martin Luther King shit. I'm talking obliterate the fucking projects, put them all in
1: society, give them their first year. They want they want, everybody wants to be fucking treated equal.
0: That would be equal.
1: Treat make it equal.
0: That would be equal. And the thing is, is like I don't have the experience of driving down a street as a, a black man where I'm fearful that I'm going to get shot, right? Like I don't have that experience. I don't have fear of of being afraid of the white cop that's going to beat me down or and I don't have any of that. I also think that that has gotten a really bad fucking rap. I mean, a really bad rap. I think there are really good white cops out there. I think there are really good black cops out there. I think that's just a game. The whole color race agenda game. is a game. But I can say, you know, my parents made strategic decisions and we talked about it a little bit last podcast. To put us into a situation where we were living very rural, very rudimentary. I did not have shit. I did not have shit. So I feel like I didn't even have a pot to piss in. I did not have a flushing toilet. There are people in the projects that had more than I did. You know what I'm saying? Like they could flush their fucking toilet. I could not do that. And so I feel like I do have some perspective on this that isn't just like the, oh, I am white privileged. Do I feel that I have worked my ass off and that I probably was able to work my ass off easier maybe than some people that were segregated into these projects? Yeah, probably so. I do think that is the thing. But it's not my fucking fault, first of all. Is it my problem? I don't know. I don't know what my obligation to the system is because I know I had to work my own way out of my own shit.
1: You know, I don't think... um any of us are are obligated to anybody's system. You know, if you work your ass off, you start your own company, or even if you go to work for, you know, Jimmy Bob's plumbing service, and you become a good plumber, and you get paid good money. You know, if you've got a good skill set, you've educated yourself, you've taken the time to, you know, uh, pull yourself up, You don't owe anybody shit.
0: So I will say, I had Mel Pender on this podcast. He's an Olympian, black guy from the projects. And he, this was quite a few episodes ago. Maybe, I don't know, 30 episodes ago or something. He talked about how, you know, he goes out and he speaks now to these kids in these schools and things like that. And he tells them, no one's going to help you. Quit looking for that handout. Also, no one's going to hurt you. Quit thinking you're a victim. Knock that shit off and start living your life. What do you want? What do you want to achieve? Go back and listen to the podcast episode. It's so good. I mean, he really talks about it from his true life perspective. I mean, he had, you know, the granddaddy that walked to the, um, to the uh, what was it? He I think he was from Detroit or something. But he had the granddaddy that walked to the the, the what did they make the cars? The the factory. the factory, you know, five miles in the morning, left you know an hour and a half early to make it there and got there on time and never was a day late in his life and all that shit and created a life for them, you know. Right. And and we've talked about this before too, and I see this a lot, and we're talking about this raising boys right now is that, you know, uh. A difficult world makes strong men. An easy world makes weak men. True. And what we're seeing right now is this generation, no no harm, no foul on you or me, but we're seeing this generation of boys in particular and women and I'll say girls who are freaking loose ass moral walking around half fucking naked thinking sex is the answer to get what they want in life being gold diggers, quote unquote, is like the cool thing. And we've got this generation of boys that is lazy as fuck, entitled as fuck, does not say please and thank you, does not know how to do a damn thing. You ask them to take out the trash, they look at you like you just asked them to kill the fucking dog. It's like, excuse me, what? Uh, They either play stupid like they don't fucking hear you, or they get pissed off. It's like, at that age, I had three fucking jobs. Legitimately. Uh I mean, what the fuck is happening? This is like... The complete breakdown of our society. And then you go over to China. right? China is shipping people over here to learn how to fly. They're learning how to fly military style. I mean, I'm talking full-blown, multi-engine, badass shit. Like, they're, they're teaching their people true skills. What are we teaching our kids? How to fucking watch TikTok videos on how to prank your parents. Yeah. We are so- dumbing down the next generation doomed God I mean literally (laughs) like when one of our boys when we ask them to do something they look at me like (sighs) I literally want to say wake up okay you are going to be a man per the government in however many years right like my dad was just telling me his dad used to drop him off at the gas station that my uncle owned to work crank on cars on his way to work dad cranked on the cars and he got picked up on my grandpa's way home. That was his life at 15 or 14 right. years old, you know? And now it's like, they don't even think about having to get a job until they're what, 22 because you know, they can be on their parents' insurance until then.
1: Yeah. I see that a lot. And you know, I've got you know friends that have their own businesses as well, and you know what's interesting is you know I've been self-employed for um, you know ten years, um, you know, and when I first started out my company, you know I was working full time for another company, and I was kind of doing my thing on the side, and then as you know my own work got busy, I had to make a choice. You know, do I let my dream go by the wayside, or do I have to say goodbye to a really good-paying job?
0: My comfy salary. Mm-hmm. And
1: so, you know, I said goodbye to my comfy salary and all the comfortable things that it offered. And um, it's interesting is, you know, as this term birds of a feather flock together. And so those of us that are self-employed also tend to gravitate to others that are self-employed and doing their own thing. Uh-huh. It's like a it's a club, it's a group, it's just kind of, you know, people that do this sort of thing, they get it. It doesn't matter what you do, you, other people understand it. It you never
0: know, shuts off. All It the
1: never things. shuts yeah. off, you're always, you're never not working,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: I'm working at one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. always something to do. Yep. yep. And, um, and, anyway, I've got a friend that has a pretty successful company, he's hired millennials... And, you know, they go in for a performance review, and, you know, they ask about, you know, different, you know, talk about how the job was going. It's like, you know, I'd really like to make more money. Okay, well, what can you offer the company to make more money? Well, nothing. I just want to make more. Mm -hmm, Oh, and I also want to work less hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, well... Um, you know, well, you're working five days a week now. It's like, well, I really would rather work three days a week. And I want you to pay me, you know, $30 an hour instead of $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, how is that going to benefit the company? Well, it's it's not. Well, why are we having this conversation? <laughs>
0: My, my mom said the same thing. She used to say these kids have come off the street with their college education and they'd want to make, you know, 25 or $30 an hour. And she's like, well, what experience do you have? What do you know about this job that you're walking in with that level of experience to be at that pay level? Right. Well, but I have this college degree. Okay, c- cool. But what do you know? You, you're not offering anything, you know? Yeah. You don't know shit, I think is the point. And, um you know, for me in psychotherapy, I have recognized uh, more recently that that's a population that I can't work with right now because I have a child who's moving into his teen years. And I have a very, and I, I didn't work with really young kids when my child was very young for similar reasons, but different reasons. But my counter transference with this age group is I'm sorry, I don't want to hear about the five minute relationship that you had with a narcissist that has now shattered your entire world and you can't go to work and you can't this and you can't that. I, no, it, it, no. And so therefore, I can't work with that population. I recognize this. I say, you know, unfortunately for me, I cannot create enough empathy. For these situations to hold space for these people without doing harm. So I just don't work with this population right now. Yeah. I mean, at least I know my limitations, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're coming in here telling me that, you know, you're taking a razor blade to your arm because your boyfriend broke up with you and your parents want you to get better than F's in school. You're not going to get any empathy from me. Right. Um, I'm going to say why would you do that? Why would you bodily harm yourself? What are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to prove it to? And do you realize those scars are going to last with you forever? And when you do go to actually have to get a job when you're 30 years old, they're going to see that, right? Like it doesn't work for me at all. So I recognize this. Yeah, I stopped working with this population, but I think that, um, this ties into the entire thing. Like it's all connected.
1: Yeah. You know, and you know, I've got, you know, people that I, you know, when I'm hiring, a, you know, a new employee, you know, I need to really screen carefully because, you know, if somebody can't come in because they didn't get a solid eight hours of sleep, that doesn't do me any good as a, as a, a company owner, a business owner. Mm-hmm. I can't work with that. Are you talking about me? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> you
0: solid eight hours. I literally count on my fingers. <laughs> Like, and, we're up at um, 4 o'clock in the morning, I need to go back to bed for two more hours after we finish this conversation to yeah. get, to get, anyway, but, but you know, I know what you mean.
1: And so, you know, I've got, you know, a, you know, a person that, you know, if they don't get, you know, enough sleep or they have a little headache or the sniffles, they don't come in. Yeah. I'm not going to call them to come into work anymore no. because I can't use them.
0: Right. That doesn't I work. I can't
1: rely on them.
0: And so this is really interesting. We have all these places that can't find
1: employees to work. And we have all these people that don't come to work if they have the sniffles.
0: We created this situation where people don't have to work. They literally do not have to work. But hey, you'll own nothing and be happy.
1: You'll own nothing and be happy. Here's a bucket of bugs you can eat.
0: And so this is the Cheerio
1: message of all of this.
0: Actually, working isn't that bad, and it brings you a lot of happiness and joy, and yes, it's fucking hard, but it's amazing and incredible, and you feel a sense of reward and purpose, and your depression goes away when you're busy trying to get shit done. Exactly. There's no time to be fucking depressed when you're busy doing shit.
1: Yeah, if you sit around feeling sorry for yourself, that's your own damn fault. Yeah. You know, get your ass off the fucking couch, put the bonbons away, turn off the damn television, and get a damn job. There's plenty of jobs to be There's had There's tons right of freaking now. jobs out there. You know
0: what's funny is, we, so we know a guy, and uh, the guy d- has done well for himself. And uh, he's of the, of the type that we're talking about, right? The self-employed entrepreneur, constantly working kind of a person. But he is literally thinking that his next job might be as a locksmith. Because he has to have something.
1: He's got he to have something He knows he can't
0: do nothing. But he's made all his money. He doesn't need to make money. He just knows he needs to do something to keep his brain busy. And that sounds entertaining and
1: interesting. And, you know, um, the one thing that nobody can take away from you is what you learn.
0: That's so true. The knowledge is power. What was that? reading rainbow.
1: Um, and, you know, I, I recognize the same thing in myself. If I get stuck, I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again, um, I feel a need to do something slightly different to expand my knowledge base.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, um, you know, you feel like you get stuck in a rut and the the job turns into a grind. If your job is turning into a grind and you're not being fulfilled, it's time to look at doing something a little bit different.
0: Absolutely. People often say, oh, God, you've done so much.
1: And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to make a a career change. But do something, you know, change the direction of your career. You know, maybe uh, augment it with something.
0: Well, that's where I feel like, you know, I have all these different things that I've done. And it's not that I like overachieve in any one of them. The point wasn't to, you know, for me, it was to continually learn. It was to continually have something new that I was experiencing in life. It didn't mean I was going to make a career out of every single one of them. Right. But it gave me joy to learn something new and to see something through. Right. Regardless of whether it, I did anything with it after I finished, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's really good. I think it's healthy to challenge your brain.
0: Or even physically, you know, like people sign up for a marathon. Actually do a training program. Hal Higdon has a really good marathon training program. And challenge yourself to accomplish something.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: This kind of ties into my whole New Year's resolutions are a crock of shit.
1: New Year's res- resolutions are a crock of shit. They
0: absolutely are. All they are is they set you up to fail. That is all that is. When really... Why are we putting so much weight on a single day of the year? What is far more important is what you are doing all throughout the year that daily, minutely, hourly brings you happiness, joy, sadness, pain. Everything that you are experiencing every day and all of the jukes and changes and pivoting that you're doing throughout the entire year creates it. Look back on December 31st. And say, what went right, what went wrong, right off the rest. And then just start with no bullshit on the first of the year. Yep. It's so fucking backwards.
1: Totally backwards.
0: It is so fucking backwards. Why do we do that? Instead of saying, I want to have an IFR rating by June 1st of 2023. I would rather look back on 2022 and say, holy shit. Look at all that I did this year. Look at how far I've come in this aviation journey and this experience of aviation. That is so much freaking better. And then just looking at 2023 and saying, like, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to experience and learn. Mm -hmm. That's it. Not that I want to lose five pounds by March 1st. That's That's a load of shit. That's dumb. How about instead... I would like to remove this one thing from my diet that I know gives me heartburn or whatever.
1: You know? Why don't you stop eating Cajun food? That's dumb. I wouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> and I would even rather say, like, I would like to eat foods that bring me happiness and joy.
1: I would love to eat foods that bring me happiness and joy.
0: So can we talk about UFOs for a minute?
1: Okay, let's talk about UFOs for a minute. You want to start? All right. So, um, I firmly believe that if we think that we are the only life in this galaxy of ours, this universe, we're morons. We're totally idiots. We're idiots. Um, We're not the only blue rock sitting out there just the right distance from from a star at just the right temperature with all the right stew things going on. (laughs) (laughs) there's somebody else out there in a very similar situation with things cooking off just fine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're probably more advanced than we are some are probably less advanced than we are but there has to be millions of other civilizations out there that are in just the right sweet spot
0: the Goldilocks zone
1: the Goldilocks zone the green zone, whatever the hell they want to call it and um, okay so so
0: this is my question
1: so anyway. we're gonna
0: go conspiracy for a second. Okay. Unidentified flying object could literally be a balloon that a kid released that people cannot identify because it looks weird and it's moving funny, right? Doesn't mean alien ship. It means unidentified flying object. However, there have been and we'll put the links in the podcast some very suppressed shit about things that are unidentified by people who are trained very very well. F-18 pilots and shit, beyond that. Who are trained to identify objects in the sky.
1: And shoot them down. (laughs) For the purpose of
0: (laughs) shooting them down. And these people, on multiple occasions, have encountered these things. Not once, not twice. In 30, 40, 50, 80 years. Every day. And they came out from what they saw. And this is the thing, from a psychological standpoint, that really got me. Is there's people... And you know this, because... I work with millennials, <laughs> used to work with millennials, that are talking to get attention. Mm-hmm. They're doing shit to get attention. You're cutting yourself right here, high up on your arm, going this direction. No, if you want to fucking kill yourself, this is how you're going to do it, right? There are two different types there. There's the person who is talking to get attention. There's the person who saw something and is fucking scared. Right. And these people, and we watch these YouTube videos with us, the first thing I notice from a non-verbal cue standpoint is like, Psychologically, this person presents as someone who is afraid. Mm-hmm. You don't be afraid when you're making shit up. Right. Matter of fact, your brain is working really freaking hard to rationalize what you saw to make you unafraid. Right? right You saw something you hadn't experienced, terrified the shit out of you, you were afraid, you don't know what's gonna happen, you're scared to even talk about it because of what people might think. You're trying to rationalize. You're trying to justify. You're trying to do all the things. You're nervous. There's right. a nervous energy about you. Absolutely. That's what I picked up about when I first saw that guy that was the pilot a couple of years ago who came out and talked about his experience. I was like, that man is afraid. An afraid person either is having total irrational out-of-body thought or saw something unexplainable. And he happens to have had other people that were with him in these environments. This is the thing, it's not just one person. There were multiple people together that all saw the same thing. They all share the same stories and they're all afraid. And um, so my whole question is, does they, global elites, they, the 300 that we just recently learned about that are running the entire planet, well no, because they are not planetary themselves about these other things. And so they're hiding it like fucking Bob, why'd you have to go crash the fucking ship again? Damn it. Go back to planet guru or whatever the fuck you came from. And now I got to clean up this mess. Are they hiding everything or do they not really know? And they don't want to create panic with everybody else. That's my big question. We know that they exist,
1: that's a really good question. And, you know, we know that since at least 1947, you know, our own government has suppressed the knowledge of UFOs, you know, life on other planets and stuff like that. You know, I mean, we were just near Roswell, New Mexico, where allegedly, you know, there was like, you know, a crash of a, um, an alien spacecraft. Whether there was or there wasn't, I really don't know. But you know, this is what kind of spurred
0: our conversation about this, s- was this flying over Roswell you and what, all the areas, right? A certain Area 51 through Death Valley there yeah. and various different other restricted air spaces that you're wondering, what are they doing out there?
1: Yeah. And so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was, you know, an air, a spaceship or a craft from another planet that, you know, crashed in the friggin' New Mexico desert. Um. You know, if I was flying over to Mexico, I'd be depressed to crash too.
0: Well, you know, but the truth (laughs) is, the truth is, is I can't help but wonder if some of these things aren't a magnetic pole because of the elements that are in that particular region that create things from outer space to get sucked into that particular spot. It's funny that it's never like New York, right? Or was that intentional? Right. You know? I mean, years ago, when I was living on the Georgetown Divide, um, a Um an asteroid hit earth and it was a meteorite and it shattered into a million pieces and they had NASA they had guys out there in white suits gathering this shit the funny thing was that day I found this rock and I literally made a comment like this is like third rock from the sun stuff like this is like not this is not from here this is weird look at this and the person that was in my home at the time, picked it up and said, you're crazy and chucked it far away. Not a half hour later, my mom called and was like, NASA is outside of the post office collecting rocks from a meteorite. They're paying tons of money for anybody. To yeah. so, and I'm like, oh, God damn it.
1: So a meteorite, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold. Literally.
0: Yeah, well, I've had a chunk in my yard. but 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 when I think about it, it's like, okay, well, this flight path of this meteorite... Um, it makes you wonder, that thing has its own chemical compound, elemental compound. Right. The Earth has certain elemental compounds. You think about magnets. I mean, this is very basic. We have magnets, right? What if something from the meteorite, elementally, was attracted to something in the Earth's crust, elementally, and that's what makes things appear in certain spots continually, like Area 51, et etc., cetera, et cetera, you know? That's possible, yeah. I mean it's just a thought that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um but you know as we were as we were kind of traversing across you know we look at all these different geological things that like the salt domes and stuff like that.
1: Mhm. There's a lot of cool shit out there.
0: And 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 we were watching the Twilight Zone on this trip
1: and Twilight Zone
0: <laughs> I mean, we don't watch TV, so this is a big deal. We, we, but we turned it on in both places. We were able to find the twilight, so it was so weird. So weird. And it wasn't even like cable. Well, I guess it was cable, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, and they, you know, they're showing that they're doing these experiments on humans and stuff like that. And witchcraft and Satanism and all these various different things that we're talking about today. And those were filmed how long ago?
1: 50s and early 60s.
0: So see, that's what I'm saying. At least that long. At Mm -hmm. least that long they've been messing with us. Yeah. And how long have they been poisoning our water system with fluoride? And how long have they been doing all these things? You know?
1: Yeah. Really long time.
0: But I think that, um, like you said, we would be naive to think that... Oh, this is a question I want to ask. And this might be really weird. Um, Do you think there are a limited number of souls? And that... In our like universe or in our whatever.
1: Yeah, I, it, I, I feel that there's a finite number of souls.
0: It's not infinite.
1: Yeah. It's not infinite. There's a finite number of us. And you know, um, I, I strongly believe that you know we are recycled.
0: Mm-hmm. I, that's what I. This is one of the things that I feel.
1: And you know, I realize it goes against you know Western religious religion. beliefs mm-hmm. and all kinds of other things. Yeah. And um, you know, what's interesting about the Bible, particularly the New Testament, is there's a lot of information that is left out.
0: That's what I wonder about. And
1: you know, you know, and we've had I think we've talked about this before, where you know the the books of the New Testament were canonized by the Roman Catholic Church. And the Roman Catholic Church was created as a very political arm of the Roman Empire.
0: Right, right. Because, we were just talking about
1: that. You know, and you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church is the modern-day Roman Empire. It's what's left of the Roman Empire. And so the New Testament of the Bible is a very political document. There's a lot of stuff they left out for political reasons.
0: Yeah, because if your soul was recycled, well, how would how would they get you to cooperate and behave
1: and what would, you know? Exactly. And you know, that's not to say that, you know, it's you know, not the word of God. However, you know, the document is not complete. There's more out there that we're not being told.
0: And I have felt that. And this is one of the things that I've often struggled with from New Age occult to Christianity again, right? Christian roots is that I truly have felt that um, a soul knowing, a soul purpose, soul connection. And so I struggle with that part because I feel like there's just time. I mean, when you and I first started hanging out, one of the very first things I said to you, and I was still a new age occult at the time, was this isn't our first go-round. Right. I felt that very, I felt a knowingness, like just a very calm, ease, a knowingness. And how do you describe that? You know what I mean? Unless it's
1: recycled. Right. Um, You know, it's interesting, you you know, as I've gone through life, You know, there's people that are completely incompetent. They can't, I mean, they literally cannot even change a light bulb. They have to call someone to change a light bulb for them. They don't know which end of a screwdriver to hold. And, you know, that's a a soul that this is their first time through. (laughs) you're on
0: your first pass you're a virgin
1: they they know nothing virgin earthling virgin earthlings (laughs) and there's other people that you know they can pretty much solve whatever problem you throw at them that's not the first time But they seem to have like a vast amount of knowledge that they could not have gained in one lifetime yeah and so you know I'm not really sure what to make of it you know uh, uh, there's an interesting phenomenon um, I forget what it's called, uh, but even with, you know, what we consider fairly basic life forms, trees, for example, you know, if a tree survives a serious drought or severe cold or a fire, it learns how to survive.
0: Oh, it pa- yeah. It
1: passes that genetic knowledge along in the seed.
0: Yeah, we talked the about that. The
1: next tree that grows knows how to survive extreme drought that and per- extreme cold. That particular thing. And so, you know, part of me wonders if, you know, if something that's relatively simple, even though it's complex, has the ability to do that, you know, do humans have that ability as well? You know, I come from a long line of people that are very mechanically inclined, you know, people that have, you know, worked on cars, the street rod end of it, tool makers, machinists, uh, you know, People that worked in you know, construction had uh, construction companies. Is that knowledge somehow passed down to me and I just know how to do stuff? I'll tell you what.
0: I, and I, Granted, I grew up with a dad who was obviously in construction world and grading and excavating and all of that. But I will say, I can look at something and say it's not level. Yeah. It's like, I just can eyeball it. And, 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 and it's like shocking how precise. (laughs) It's totally. It's super weird. I mean, like you saw me building those garden boxes and stuff. And it's like, no, I just know it's not level. I know exactly where I need to do and what I need to raise and what I need to lower and how I need to do it. I don't need it. Don't hand me a level. I don't need that shit. I can look at it and tell.
1: Yeah, exactly. You put something together you get it all squared up and then you put a level on it. It's like, you know... Tits primo! It's dead nuts <laughs> on. It's like, how the hell do we do that shit? Yeah, that's like, you know, it, it
0: makes you wonder. And then you kind of go back to like the pyramids of Egypt and stuff. And you go, well, obviously the peoples prior had a lot. I listen to this Bible Mysteries podcast quite a bit. And they talk about these portals and things underneath the Jordan River and various different things where... uh you know there are these doors of blocking caves that the humans of that time could not have done like how did they do it you know how did they right. put that there you know um, and it makes you wonder like how much have we lost even just in our lives being here
1: exactly you know the the romans burnt the the uh, the library at alexandria egypt your thousands of years of knowledge up in smoke In the name of conquering, you know, a lesser country.
0: I recently saw something, and this is wild kind of ties back into the native stuff, that said that petroglyphs are all a big lie. Yeah. That they were actually created for like trickery. That it's not actually how they... That we were never that dumb. That we were never that rudimentary. Right. That we were actually highly sophisticated beings that have dumbed down now. You think about it, we're using fucking emojis to communicate. How petroglyph is that?
1: (laughs) We we have
0: literally devolved. I mean,
1: you know. You know, William Shakespeare had a a working vocabulary of like 25,000 words. Modern Americans, maybe 2,000 if we're lucky. So
0: sad. I love that you send me the word of the day every day.
1: You know, I struggle with you know, 500 years later, we are way fucking dumber than William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, seriously,
0: I know. we're morons. I mean, this ties all into what we've been talking about from the very beginning. You know, we're allowing ourselves to become stupid.
1: How do we stop this? How do we reverse the process of this whole dumbing down? I want to be as smart as William Shakespeare was.